Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Onyx. The Onyx Hunt app is your premier GPS mobile app turns your smartphone into a mobile GPS. So one of the new features that Onyx has out is their actual 3D Maps beta. So right now this is only available with iOS and web map. Android is coming soon, but with that 3D maps, planning and scouting from home gets you as close as possible to actually being on the ground. So you can quickly locate those hidden benches in the elk woods or that secondary ridge that would make the perfect spot for a whitetail stand. It's up to you on how you'll use the 3D maps, but it is pretty cool to be able to see that, plan your routes to be able to say if you're putting a stock on to figure out how to get through and navigate the terrain just makes it that much easier. So if you head over to onxmaps.com and use the coupon code EMW, you'll save yourself 20% off of the Onyx Hunt app. And the University of Elk Hunting, so Corey Jacobson and Elk 101 have put together the most fully comprehensive elk hunting learning course available. So through a ton of different modules, you'll go through from beginning to end, from the planning phases, all the way through your hunt. And not only do you get all this information all in one place, but you're also able to get discounts from the Elk 101 store, so you can get all of your elk hunting gear, as well as all of the Elk 101 partners. So all that's available if you head over to elk101.com, and if you sign up, use the coupon code EASTMEETSWEST, you'll save yourself 20% off an one-year membership. And last but not least, Tethered. So Tethered is innovating in the mobile hunting lightweight gear market and specifically to saddle hunting. And they've been changing the game now for a few years by just continuing just to to push levels with lightweight, safe mobile hunting equipment. And so far this year, I've hunted exclusively out of the saddle. I haven't climbed in a, a hang-on tree stand or a climber to this date, and I just I don't even think of it anymore. I'm sure that there'll be setups where you know that a hang-on might make more sense, but up to this point, I've been able to run my saddle uh, this entire time, and I've really, really enjoyed it. And so actually, well, that, that'll transition into, but if you want to go check out Tethered stuff, head over to tetherednation.com. And also, so just to, as we're on the topic with saddles here, most of what's been going on up to the whitetail season to this point, we'll discuss in this podcast as we just recorded it, but I uh, did have an update since, since we recorded this yesterday. I, so went out in, um, was hunting with Justin Mueller with who's filming for a upcoming mountain bucks film, hopefully. And we were we were hunting today. We were hunting this old clear cut, and and I knew there was some buck bedding on this point, and then there was also some doe bedding scattered kind of throughout. It just felt like the right transition area. Uh, really, is kind of on a whim, you know. And there's not really any great trails that go through it there or anything. It just it everything just kind of made sense. And there's some hunting pressure on the top. And also some hunting pressure in the bottom. So this kind of sad hill spot just made sense to try to, to go after these these big bucks that that I've been uh, trying to focus on. But anyways, we were in the stand this morning and had a deer come in right at, 
while well, it was still dark out, we'd set up in the dark and we're in plenty early and, and a deer came in about, I don't know, probably 10 or 15 yards. You could hear it right there, and but couldn't see it and just kind of hung around for a while and then eventually went off and kind of went up towards that point where they bed and didn't hear anything else. And then about an hour and a half later after it was light, Heard some more rustling going on over there and saw a body of a deer, but it was too thick to see what it was, and it sounded like it bedded back down again. Well, about 9 o'clock, I had heard what sounded like a deer coming running in, and so got ready, Justin, and then Justin gives me a, a wave, and he's like, it's, it's a coyote. And uh, it comes right in, basically heads right towards my tree, and then off to my weak side of my saddle. So if you use the saddle, you know, if you're a right-handed shooter, the right side of the tree is the hardest to shoot off of. And that coyote came in right over there. I was able to get my bow up and around the tree, get in a position off to that weak side, draw back, and the coyote stopped. And, like, I'm in such thick stuff. There's no shooting lanes, really. It's, it's yet to be pretty close. But so I hit the... So it had you know, been using that Garmin sight, and I was able to get the exact range on it, which is 21 yards, came up instantly, and pulled off, squeezed off a shot, and I knew it just felt good. It uh, looked like it went right behind the shoulder. The coyote took off and watched it run for about 80 yards up towards where that deer was bedding. So it's kind of going back and forth in my mind of whether I should have shot that or not, you know, during uh, the peak of the rut, but... Um, I'd never shot a coyote before and, and also just, there's so many of them in this area. I've been hunting almost every time I get out of the tree surrounded by them or hear them within, you know, you know, a few hundred yards. And, and so I got the opportunity and I took it and then Justin got it all on film. We reviewed the footage and yeah, it was, it looked like a perfect shot, but he ran quite a ways and went right up where those deer bedded. Well, I said, well, all right, we'll wait, we'll let it you know, we'll go look for it in a few hours. We're going to hunt till it was said to hunt till noon, which is like getting up into the seventies at that point and really warm. And all of a sudden see a couple deer coming. One looked like a bigger body than the other coming through the cut from where they were bedded there and ended up being two small bucks chasing each other, which was kind of weird, but they came down right past the stand at 20 yards same spot i shot the coyote out of and just kind of cruising down through so they were bedded the whole time that coyote was shot wounded ran right through the middle of them and they just laid there didn't move until a little bit later and then it came out but um so i went to go look for the coyote and there was not really any blood um which you know they're not going to bleed like a, a deer or anything would but um I, I knew it was a good shot you could tell on the footage my arrow was covered in blood and so I just kind of walked the direction that it went and did a little body search and a clear cut. And of course he died right in the, the, the buck's bedroom, right next to all these big rubs and a big bed and everything. He died right there. So that was great. But, uh, I, I shot the big male, nice, nice looking male coyote and, uh, just really, really excited about that. So anyways, got, uh, built the confidence up, made a good shot on that and, uh, looking forward to the, the rest of the week here, but you can hear about, you know, the few days up to this point and everything with my cousin Mason Martonic and his giant old mountain buck that he just shot. 
here on this episode. So I hope everyone enjoys it and hope you're having a good rut. All right, we're live. Welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast. And I'm joined here at the, the round table in my house by Justin Mueller and Mason Martonic. What's up, guys? What's up? What's going on? You know, it's a rut, and uh, we're doing some hunting here. Justin's here for the entire week. We just we just only hunted, what, one day yeah. so far, yeah. and uh, going into a full week here. And the Mason's been, what, did you even start your vacation really yet? Yesterday would have been the, the first day of my vacation, yeah. Yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah, so we'll talk about that in a minute, but Mason got a little head start on all of us here, but... Uh, yeah, and so we're just trying to trying to catch up, I guess. Once again, Mason's lighting, putting the the bar pretty high uh, as we start going in there. But before we get into his story there, so Justin and I have been, like I said, just going out here for a day, which I've been hunting before that here in PA, and I keep telling him that I've been holding off on shooting a deer just because I wanted him to be here to film it, which. Which is not the case. Uh, which may not be the case, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Um, it's funny. We Mason and I always talk about this. Like we get like we put stress on each, ourselves about like getting it done and filling our tags, and then but then once you're done, you're like, oh, I want I want to keep going, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's so I'm I'm not I'm not trying to rush the process. It'll happen. We'll have a have uh, some encounters going forward saturday was slow but we saw some bucks moving um mm-hmm. yeah we saw that one um i don't even remember what time it was probably eight thirty nine o'clock that snuck up behind us through that um that thicket there we could just hear it walking yep and it walked to within i mean we didn't see it at that point but it was probably within 15 yards of us yeah, yeah um probably. and then it just kind of skirted right around and it came out on the backside of that little thicket there we got some film with it but yeah and then yeah that afternoon then when we um, relocated a little bit midday um, we also had that buck come cruise in and that one was pretty much played perfectly had it been the right buck it had been right on top of us right at that scrape yeah you know, it had been good yeah we moved um we moved spots we got into the so started kind of the outside of this clear cut and, and then moved into the interior where it's like it's an old probably 15 20 year old cut and it's just it's thick as hell i mean this, like oh, the trees yeah. are there's not much undergrowth, but just like the trees itself are thick and shooting lanes are minimal. Um, we don't have very <laughs> much. Say the least. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm shooting 10 yards. So something comes in, it's going to be close in your face type stuff, but had some, some good, some Intel that makes me think that we'll be doing that. We were in a good spot, I guess. Yeah. I was a little skeptical with the, the range that we only had, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest, cause it, I mean, it's thick. You can't just thread the needle through there. Like if no. it's not in your lane, you're not going to shoot it. But that buck that came cruising up, we heard it come running in, grunted it in, right? You know, yeah. what was that, 10 yards, with 15 my, yards? My goal with that is, like, almost calling to a – I mean, calling is what you almost have to do to get him to that spot. There is a couple trails that run right there, but essentially relying on trying to get uh, – you know, playing that game. You know, like what Corey Jacobson always says with elk hunting, like, he's just trying to hunt. Not every elk wants to be bugled in, but he's just trying to find the ones that do, and it's kind of what the situation that – that I'm in there is, or we're in, it's, it, you, you almost got to rely on them calling a little bit or coming into some, some calls. So yeah, well that one did perfectly. just not the right buck. Yeah. And then we had another one come in right before dark, but mm-hmm. this one was definitely a little more weary, 
probably the big one we're after you know yeah so that's that's what i always think when you don't see them it's always the big one real right. for sure <laughs> you know <laughs> you did make a good point though um with saying that it was the big one because it kind of came downwind of us uh, we could hear it walking around like it was cruising you know it was running right. through and it just never came all the way up and it does make you think like well maybe that was just an older smarter deer and he was just kind of scent checking our area didn't smell nothing and ran out yeah and, and the little one came in on a rope yeah you know? but think, obviously we have no idea and so i had the decoy out janelle but janelle was facing the wrong direction for that buck it faced good for the small one. The small one came running right towards her. Um, then he, he, the small one did get a little bit weirded out. But, uh, you know, once he got to where I laid a bunch of scent down as I was, you know, we essentially had built some scrapes right there. So I was walking around and it was hot out. So everything wasn't perfect. But I think I think if I really was trying, I could have shot that deer. Oh, yeah. If it had been a good deer, you could have shot it. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Yeah, yeah like 10 or 12 <laughs> yards. So yeah. it, was, it was pretty close. And then, like I said, the other one came in where he couldn't see the decoy i think he literally got to the point where he could see up to where that sound was coming from and didn't see a deer and just that's right yeah and i I don't know like i never heard him leave sometimes they're weird and can sneak off maybe he was still standing there when we climbed down i don't know yeah i don't either i think we probably would have heard him leave but if he just walked off real slow maybe not but yeah i don't know the the deer pretty pretty crazy but yeah we're just kind of trust in the, the spots we have the weather isn't the greatest but you never know it's the it's the rut so anything can happen and and that kind of leads into mason who uh had some success yesterday which we're recording this on on sunday so the so on saturday was that november the 7th that's right yeah and yeah very fortunate uh have an opportunity yesterday and luckily i was able to capitalize and so the story of this buck is i kind of I moved into a new area for a couple of years away from where I used to previously hunt the same area as my dad. And, uh, he's been finding sheds off of a really big eight point in this area for four years in a row. And, uh, he wasn't necessarily targeting this buck. He was hunting some other bucks in the area and, uh, he filled his tag and I decided this year I was going to go in after that big eight. So I, I went in there and I, I started running cameras. I kind of used the area that I knew that he was finding the sheds in as a focal point. And, uh, I started spreading cameras around looking for them and I wasn't, I wasn't picking them up. I wasn't picking them up until September. I picked them up in a area way, way far away from where my dad would always find the sheds off of them, which was kind of, I didn't quite expect. So, uh, how far away are you talking? Maybe a, a mile, mile and a quarter. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So I, I kind of opened my mind up to, okay, this is, I need to start focusing around this area now. And, uh. I was, I was picking them up fairly consistently on camera. I was finding tons of big buck sign. And then, uh, the closer it got to, to October, where I'm ready to start putting some serious time in hunting and looking for him. He kind of vanished on me. And to begin with, I never had a single daylight picture of him ever. And prior to this, my dad has never gotten a picture of him. So these are the first pictures we ever had of this deer and he's ancient. He's, he's been here forever. And the only reason we know he exists is because my dad finds some sheds off of him. So going into uh, October, I, I keep I keep increasing my area where where I'm trying to find him, and uh, I can't find him. Ready to give up hope. And then uh, on Saturday, actually Halloween night, I go into my afternoon stand, and he was bedded down right next to the tree I was going to climb. So then I was like, bam, right there, another piece of the puzzle. And uh, 
So that next day I, I started spreading out, moving cameras around, looking for them, finding some, finding some huge tracks in different areas. And, uh, checked my camera the next week or all my cameras the next week in that area. And I started picking them up new spots that following Friday. I, uh, actually, actually it would have been Thursday this, this past week. I jumped them. I started finding some big tracks. I was going in there, just kind of scouting again. And, uh, I was like, these tracks just, they just happened. So I, I knocked an arrow. I was like, I might see, I might see this buck off the logging road. So I, I kept creeping down this logging road and, uh, pretty soon I jump him with, with three or four doe. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, I know he's going to be in here Saturday. Cause I, I knew I didn't have enough time after work on Friday, but, uh, I knew Saturday I was going to be somewhere in this area. So I kind of knew at this point, I, I finally figured out some destination spots he liked, he liked to go to. And I, I knew an area that had a, a bunch of trails, the kind of, I was like, if, if he's going in between a couple of these destination spots, he's probably going to cross right through here. So I, I went down there first thing Saturday morning and did a hanging hunt. And, uh, basically first light, there's not much of a story. He, he walked straight to my tree and I knew immediately it was him. And, uh, he got to about 12 yards facing right at me, right to my tree and I was just going to wait for him to either go to the right or left or right of my tree. And I was going to try and shoot him when he got broadside. And he came to my left side, like nine or 10 yards. And I waited until he started walking and I, I pulled back. So he didn't hear me. I stopped him and I, I rushed my shot a little bit. I wish I would have taken one extra second. And, uh, I thought I, I thought I crushed him at first and he took off running up the hill about a hundred yards away. And he seemed like he was stumbling and crashing bouncing off some trees and I heard a loud crash as soon as he went out of sight and nothing and I was like okay I November 7th is supposed to be the best day of the year it's frosty everything's perfect and I have a buck down right now at first light I was like this is the best thing ever and no sooner did I get that thought out and boom flying <laughs> <laughs> back by me full speed and there's no there's no he, there's no not even a chance of a follow-up shot he goes running right past me i'm like oh shit this is freaking blew it on a nine yard shot because I, I didn't know where i hit <laughs> all confidence goes right down the drain I'm like son of a gun so uh he runs out in front of me another 100 125 yards and he stops and then i can see the i can see the exit hole on him it's like it doesn't look that bad but it's not as far forward as i would have wanted and at this point, I'm like, was he cornering to me? Was he cornering away from me? I, I don't know. I, I think I just kind of blacked out at this point. So uh, I, I watched him, and uh, he kind of he stopped, and then he kind of walked off or trotted out of sight. And I was like, I, I just need to give him some time because I, I, didn't, I didn't have enough information at this point. So I, w I went and found last blood, and I backed out. I waited uh, for some of my family to get out of the woods. I, my Uncle Mike also shot a buck that morning, so I went and helped him drag his out which kind of, it was a nice break. Otherwise I'd be sitting at my house, throwing myself a pity party going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, around. yeah. So I was, it was really, really good. I had something to do in the meantime and, uh, went back in there midday and we, we found him within 40 yards where I saw him last. It was, uh, thinking of one, one lung liver shot. Yeah. Okay. And when it was funny, when you texted, you're texting Michael and myself and you're like, I blew it. You know, he's getting down <laughs> and, and literally we just, we just went, hard on him we said it's time for you i said it's time for you to quit being a bitch and yeah. and grow a set and you gotta you gotta you gotta take That's this right. on like it's time that, that you can't be soft it's like you can't be soft <laughs> you're gonna find this deer you just told me it's dead you just gotta give it some time and you're like well it's getting warm out and you know and and it 
I obviously it it could have been dead right away after that, right? Or it might not have. So I think you waiting was the right decision, yeah. you know, for for that. You know, I've I've made enough questionable shots to know that waiting's usually the better route. <laughs> yeah, and it was almost surreal once we found him. Like this this deer was almost a, a legend to us because we'd we'd find it sheds, but we would never. We would never, ever see him. We would never get a trail camera picture. We didn't know anyone that would have trail camera pictures of him. And all of a sudden, we we, we have him. So so going back to that, like when you... So the area that you found the sheds in, and then you started kind of expanding out looking... Is that what you tried to do? It's yeah. Like, you're yeah. okay. Started there, wasn't getting him. You know, so you started looking around, and in September, you locate him in this other spot. And when you when you did that, like... Were you doing that with cameras or is it more by sign? Like you seeing stuff that made me think that maybe this deer is over here. Well, it, it starts with sign, right? So you, you find the sign and that's, that's like a starting point to put your cameras on. Cause really I, I'm not, I'm not to a point now where I can tell this rub was made by a big buck or this rub was made by a little buck or this scrape was made by a big buck versus a little buck. But sometimes you get a buck, a little buck with big feet and the, the buck I shot last year was a five and a half year old deer and the feet on it were pretty small. So it's yeah. like, you see the, tr- you see the tracks in the scrape It's like, how do you really know how, how big of a buck this was or what buck it was? So I've found a bunch of signs in some different areas and threw some cameras up and that's eventually how I picked them up. Okay. So, yeah. And then, so then you're like, okay, he's kind of in there. And then when you said you went in and jumped him, when was that Halloween and his bed like what what did that look like why do you have any idea why he would bed right there or did you think that that was a spot that he could potentially bed I I thought it was a spot that he could potentially be in but I I wasn't fully expecting it either because I I had that spot surrounded with cameras and he was never on a single one of them so he's he must have had a trail he liked to go in and out of there that wasn't one I had my cameras on right so yeah it just goes to to show you how much you miss. You can't fully rely on your cameras. They only tell you such a small piece of what's actually happening there. And uh, basically where, where he was bedded up, it was just, it was on like a miniature point and he just had a little bit of a view down onto the bench below him. And that's where he was hanging out at just that day. Just big timber type stuff? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. That's, that is interesting too. Actually, Justin and I were talking about that today. So we had checked three cameras and the one had this really big buck on. He was coming off of the hill up above and this was in a creek bottom. I had two cameras directly above on some giant rubs that I had scraped next to this giant rub line and everything that made sense for this buck that the fact that he was 400 yards down over the hill why he wouldn't be up at these spots i literally got no pictures of him on those top ones if i only had those two cameras i wouldn't even know about this buck you know right or think something and so he, he could be with like you said he could be within 50 yards of my camera all the time it's just not on the trail that yeah I'm exactly using with and and so you, you kind of got to go with reading the sign and woodsmanship a little bit too you know and just I, and i'm real guilty of sometimes just relying on camera so much to get as far as like my attitude when you go oh yeah like, for sure oh and, and really your cameras are telling you past stuff it's not going to tell you what it, what's going to be going forward you kind of got to use some you know there's some stuff you can learn from but like unless it's within a day or two things are constantly changing right which is you know difficult to to grasp sometimes yeah especially because um like you just said those cameras that we checked they've been out for months 
Yeah. So it's not like he didn't show up at one, but he did the other in the last week. It's been several months. Oh, yeah. He's never Since been on this September. one. A hundred or two hundred yards down the way. Yeah, he's on that one a couple of times, so it makes you wonder, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it, it so it's crazy. Like you know, you said you had your camera circled around that area and everything, and and was what made you want to put a stand there? Just you thought that maybe he'd be running around that point. Just kind of assumption. Yeah, it kind of just a terrain feature that I thought was interesting. Like I, like I said, it seems like the last two or three years I've been when I'm trying to find a get on a good buck, I started thinking of if I was a buck, where would I, where would I want to be and why would I want to be there? So I kind of, I call them destination spots. Like this point has a nice clear cut where I see does all the time. There's maybe there's an apple tree over here or golden rods where does like to bed down in. And it's like, if, if I was going from one destination to another, where, where am I going to walk? Am I, am I going to walk on this bench? Am I going to walk along this creek? along a ridge line and then i i try and set up accordingly and lots of times you you set up and it's a swing and a miss but you also have to wonder was he even on this mountain this day or was he down the valley a mile too yeah mm-hmm. especially oh, yeah. this time of year yeah yeah I, yeah i don't and yeah that's the hardest part is like knowing like okay was this actually a complete bust or was he just doing something different this day and i need to give it yeah. three days you know to, to figure and, out and as far as maybe it's different for you guys but it's I've never once had a buck that's using the same trail every day or shows up on the even a scrape, say four or five times in a week. It's no, they're very inconsistent in this area. And it's like, lots of times I'll see, I'll see good bucks and they're not even walking on trails. They're just meandering wherever they feel like it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I couldn't agree anymore with that. Like that's, you're not really, you're, not really pattern you're trying to put yourself in the best situation i think you and i were talking about this we were, today, yeah, today. it was like i said there's never i never have a spot where a buck's just like okay every evening he's coming through here right you yeah. know at this time or doing that it's just like not even close they're so sporadic i try to i do try to take that data and i i personally put an excel spreadsheet and i look at like what the weather and the wind direction was just to try to correlate something you know that maybe when these conditions line up again i'll give you a a 10% better chance than other times or whatever, you know, might be. So try to look at those, um, different situations there, but yeah. And then, like I said, they're so unpredictable. Like that morning, the morning yesterday morning when I killed in theory, that buck should not have been walking to me. Cause he was walking with the wind dead at his back straight to me. And, and I was thinking everything, I couldn't have drawn this up any better. The wind's right in my face. I have this huge cherry right to my back. He's not going to pick, pick my silhouette out. And he came right to my tree with it with the wind at his back. It's like how how often do you hear big bucks doing that? Yeah, never. Yeah, it was absolutely perfect. Yeah, that is that is crazy. And but I, at the same time, though, I've seen bucks like walk with the wind at their back before. I don't think they're always. Yeah, maybe you're just in an area that they he felt safe, so like comfortable being there, yeah. or he had good vision, you know, ahead where. You know, I don't know, but what, what was this set up in the same spot you jumped him in before? Were you in the same tree? Uh, about 200 yards away. Okay, gotcha. Yep. So you just and adjusted he's actually, a little bit. He's actually heading back to that miniature point. So I, and the fact that we never had daylight pictures of him, I was wondering too if, if usually, and there's actually does, I ended up finding out there was does where he came from. So it's like, did he decide, okay, it's time to stop messing around with these does. It's getting laid out. There's going to be hunters. Do I, I need to get back to my bedding spot? I don't know if that was the case or not, Yeah. but the fact that exactly where he came from, multiple does came from, and then there's another buck chasing a doe back there too. It's like, 
why would he leave that spot? Yeah, that is kind of interesting. Unless he was just out all night taking care of the women, and yeah. he just needed to rest down for a little bit before he went back yeah, in. Yeah, things to quick, do, yeah. Quick nap, recovery. Yeah. <laughs> Catch him going back to like nine in the morning. Drink, <laughs> drink a rock star and head out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, quick side story. I remember Johnny Stewart last night saying that. He's like talking about when he opens his rock star to get, you in, get him in the mood while he's hunting and he's tired. Yeah. It, this is loud click. He's like, the deer just don't, they don't know what that sound is. And he goes, if they did, they'd come in because they want some rock star. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I was cracking up, but um. Anyway, so back to that uh, that story there. It's it. Yeah, I I just think I thought it was so fascinating. So the story behind this deer. I mean, he didn't uh, hasn't scored it or anything yet. But just to give you guys a reference of kind of what it looks like, and if you head over um, on social media, I'll have it as the cover art for this and stuff to be able to see this photo. But it's basically I don't know somewhere assuming somewhere in the mid 140s to 150 inch maybe even bigger eight point right <laughs> just yeah. a straight one of the biggest eight points i've ever seen yeah he's just just an ancient old buck it's uh based on based on all the sheds we have we're we're fig- figuring he's either seven or eight years old and in an area like this and it's, it's a, a very heavily hunted area too so he, he had good hiding spots is all i can say yeah and it's it's cool because his main beams have that real big curl in it so you'd know that those are his sheds oh yeah like it's, it's very it's oh, very yeah. easy to see. you can because at one year he was actually a 10 point and yeah, then right. he went back to an eight but there's, there's no mistake. zero mistaking the way that you know i think super unique beams on it if you'd put you'd put g2s like or like where there's almost like there's make a spot a missing pointer. from where there should be another set of you know g2 to make him a 10 point and i mean that deer's we were saying probably 165 inches all day, yeah. you know, if that was the case. That's just to give you an idea how big the frame is. And I think what was even more impressive than the rack was the body. Oh, yeah. He was, he was beefy. Oh, he was man. a beefcake buck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he's, I, when I looked at him, I just pictured a bull. Like, I pictured a bully buck. Like, one that goes around and just destroys everybody else. He just, his neck was big. Like you say, he didn't skip neck day like he was always doing shrugs and he was just going in there like just i don't know when you when you look at like the boss buck of you know big woods mountain buck that's what i think of like that's the ideal picture for one i guess yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's just yeah his, everything about that but mason told me started showing me this buck you know back i think it was in september after i got back from alaska and you're right. like this buck is like really big you're like i think this is like 150 inch eight point and i was looking at it and it was hard it's hard tough to tell on trail cameras but i hadn't seen the sheds at that yeah. point especially nighttime pictures too or yeah especially difficult they almost make them seem smaller on some and it was just it was difficult and i was just like oh you know definitely say a big deer and if you had the sheds you know then you would know but uh it was just then once you see it in person it's just like holy cow like you couldn't tell from the trail cameras he was that big. Well, you could, but I just, I, I wasn't seeing it at first. And then you see him in person. It's like, damn. Right. But you, but that was your buck that you wanted to kill. You talked about it from the beginning to me. You're like, I want this eight point. I'm going to hunt this eight point. And you passed on a nice 10 point a couple weeks ago, didn't you? Yep. And, uh, I saw him at first and immediately I I knew it was a, it was a good buck, but it wasn't what I wanted. And I, 
I had thoughts where I was like, I need to get out of this tree and go to my truck before I shoot this deer. <laughs> sure enough, he, he came right to my tree and taunted me too. I, I can't believe I didn't, I didn't at least shoot at him. Yeah. He was a 125 inch eight or 10 point. I mean, yeah, probably close to it. Yeah. That, that takes some discipline to hold back on that, you know? Oh yeah. That's- and, uh, the same area there's there's four-year-old deer that are year after year the four-year-olds are only hitting like 120 inches yeah so it's, it's not like an area that's known for for big bucks either mm-hmm. yeah that's that is that is difficult to you know find ones like that and those the genetics of that that buck that you had i wonder but no he's been pretty big framed for years yeah he just he hasn't grown a whole lot but i would say that this year probably is his, his biggest rack that he's had yeah yeah, for sure. We were looking at the sheds, um, your brother and I, and the last two years, it's kind of hard to tell which one is like the older of the two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you figured he's how old? Like eight? Yeah, either either seven or eight. So let's just say he's seven. Between year five and six, you can tell there's a little more mass on one, but the, that rack besides having that 10 looks pretty similar. And he's bigger than that this year. Yeah. You know? And uh, actually right before I came here, I, I took the bottom jaw off and I've I've never seen a buck that any of us have shot in the family that had the teeth worn down like this. Uh, I know you shot a really big nine point quite a few years ago that that I'm pretty sure that was an old buck. I, I didn't yeah. see that bottom jaw, but I'm, I'm really anxious to send the, the teeth in to get this buck aged. Are you going to, are you going to send it in to get to like actually like cutting and like the, like out in Montana or whatever you send it into that lab or are you trying to just get it looked at? I, I don't really know yet. I was, going to get some opinions yeah i would i mean we could talk about this offline but essentially <laughs> I, I my thought would be is to send it into one of those labs i guess that'd be the only thing they'd be looking at because otherwise you know your dad's obviously a taxidermist so he can kind of get and look at it roughly but i've heard so many mixed reviews by looking at the teeth but depending on what they eat and stuff where sending into those labs is pretty pretty accurate i right. can't remember how much it costs but it, i think it'd be worth it for you to do that and just see you know he's gonna come back like two and a half year old <laughs> mason was wrong not the sheds <laughs> he's off by six years wrong buck yeah yeah <laughs> yeah who knows maybe he's even older than that but i uh, it felt like looking for sasquatch almost i was like my dad's been in this area for, for years and we've never picked him up on not that he runs a lot of cameras but he's in there and it's like he's never been seen and never had a trail camera picture. And I'm looking for him. And for a while, I wasn't picking him up. And it's like, I'm just wasting my time in here. And, and to finally figure him out and get lucky, I'm uh, very grateful for that. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. And is this the is this the first buck that you've, like, picked out and wanted uh, to kill that it worked out? Uh, halfway. I, I would say yes. For, for the most part, yes. Last year... I didn't really have this mentality and then I, I shot and I, I shaved the back of, of that buck I got last year and uh, for two weeks is kind of my mission to to get that buck. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of halfway I was targeting that buck and it, I, I think I would have shot another buck if I got the opportunity at the right one, but uh, it just so happened that I got to redeem myself and it, it felt good. Yeah. Yeah. You've, so this is, this is three years in a row of you essentially shooting a buck in Pennsylvania over 140 inches. <laughs> we were joking with you, like, like before this season, like, man, no way you're going to top these last two years. Like, no, it, it worked out. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, I'm not doing anything special either. I'm just putting in a little bit of work and 
mostly getting lucky. Been very fortunate. Yeah, it's it's one of them things. That, as Johnny Stewart says, he doesn't believe in luck, but he, you know, obviously there's a little bit of luck that comes to it. But you put yourself in the right positions for luck to help you out a little bit. You know, right? Luck might have helped you that you know the wind stayed true for that point or whatever else it might be. But you know, you put yourself in that er- those areas, which is you know, which is pretty awesome in its own. I'd say just having opportunities and then being able to to capitalize on it, you know, and like when you, last year when you shot that, that big deer and, and you shaved it, shaved it off its back, it just takes tough to even get yourself back in the game to want to, to go do that. I, I know what that's like. Oh yeah. Was, that two weeks last year, between the time I, I missed him or shaved his back and the time I got him was, a. Uh, I was in some dark places. <laughs> I, I was like a recluse. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was fighting with my girlfriend all the time. It almost didn't work out. <laughs> no. I think she was more happy. I, I got to redeem myself than I was. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I remember that. And we just what, sent you that meme the other day, or Michael sent it to you, of this guy. It looked like he was all cracked out, laying on the couch. It was like, what you look like. After missing a, the buck of your lifetime or whatever it was, it was hilarious. Oh, I, I, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely down. Yeah. Down and out. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, it ended up working out for you and, and that's that's pretty awesome. It's 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 like I said, it's people that hunt around here get it, but like the significance of, of doing that consistently year after year in an area that's tough like this is is something else especially like I said in those high pressured areas i mean there's yeah you're not you're not the only one hunting deer <laughs> you know in oh the yeah area. so and w- w- so when you're going into because like i know what your spot looked like that you killed the last two in versus this one's is dr- drastically different do you have like a, a rule of thumb that you go in looking at places or is it just all situational what you're looking at like do you do you have like certain features that like just jump out at you like when you're looking at places or you know do you know what i mean yeah i i know i think i know what you're saying and i don't i don't particularly have any features that stick out to me other than uh basically i i'll I'll pick an area out and and, uh, i'll find some difference in terrain or vegetation or a clear cut or uh a river bottom or where's some terrain feature that just looks inter- interesting to me. And, uh, after that, I just got to put boots on the ground and see what it looks like. And I, I, I do a lot of this in between January and March actually. Yeah. And you, yeah, actually, I mean, this year was the, the, we, we joke about it a lot, but like the first year you ran ca- cameras in the summer. Yeah. So like you did all your homework in the spring, found and got prepared then, and then went out and started hunting, you know, in the, in the fall. I mean, I know there was other work you did in the meantime, but like right. as far as you weren't running cameras all year for it or anything, you know, you learned your intel and, you know, could tell that they were doing this year after year, whatever, and, and went through it. So I think that's a pretty interesting yep. and, uh, point too. I think mean, getting a couple nice bucks, it, it, it motivates you to work harder for the next year, right? So last year after after I missed that one, I ended up getting them. I was like, that was really fun trying to hunt one deer, trying to figure them out. I'm sure if I didn't get them, I would have had to have a different attitude <laughs> right now. I'm sure I would. <laughs> but uh, that was uh, that was, that was very satisfying because I, I knew how, how hard it would be to get another opportunity at that deer. So I, I wanted to kind of try and do that again this year and 
it, uh, it paid off for me and it motivated me to, to run cameras in the summer, but I didn't pick that deer up until September. So it's not like the summer cameras helped me, but as I, I learned a lot for next year, I, I mean, there's some prospect bucks I have out there. I'm, I'm going to be looking for trying to find their sheds and figure them out for next year. Yeah. I think the, I think there's a fun, there's an aspect of picking out a deer and whether you end up shooting that specific deer or not, but just trying to figure them out and learn it. Yeah. I was, I was I actually went against it for a while cause I had a bad experience, you know, I <laughs> Hercules for four years. Happen. I missed him the first year and then never had another opportunity again. He just disappeared. And I just was like, I couldn't figure out that deer. I, there was nothing like I had some speculations, found some sheds in bed, like, like, but I, I, I obviously never could get close enough to do it again and so then the last few years i was just like hunting really any good deer that i want like i was hunting spots not really specific deer but i think you learn so much more when you're hunting a specific deer and each one has different mannerisms things like to do and this year i'm hunting a specific deer that's like it's been actually kind of really fun it's been frustrating at times but it's been you know, and I had my opportunity that I discussed last week and hoping to, to get another one, but it's just, it is kind of fun. You do learn a lot by right. doing that. And you, and at the same time, you're learning stuff about other deer too, and you're putting yourself in good spots. So it's not like you're only focused on that one deer. But yeah. And it's not like you wouldn't shoot a different good buck that comes by either. Yeah. No, definitely not. I'm not, I'm not that committed. No, I'm not there. <laughs> I'm not there either. <laughs> I know what that's like, but yeah, so that's, that's pretty awesome and uh yeah that the deer just i don't know i just couldn't get over it yesterday when i saw it when you texted us and said it was that big eight i was like oh my and then i saw the picture of it and he's just a horse right yeah i was and we had a fun time at camp then last night that's why i love this type of year i'm glad that justin got to be there and you'll be able to see some of it in the film but everybody came to our camp our family camp and just well, first we were over at your dad's place and everyone was stopping in there and stuff. And then, and then we went to the camp and it was just like people in and out, checking it out and talking to your stories. And then Greg Litzinger and Johnny Stewart brought Greg's buck in and we had them all there around and just talking. And it was just, it was, I love this time of year for that. Yeah. It's a good, uh, good recipe for a good night at camp. Two big bucks coming in, you know? Yeah. Besides the fact that, Mason's the one to kill the big deer, but I got completely loaded. And <laughs> I got I got way too drunk, and I just I heard it. I was really hurting today when we were scouting. I stopped when we were walking, and Justin, and I was just like, I can't move. My head hurts so bad. It was funny because we we were hiking uphill out of that bottom, and you stopped, took a little break. I could hear you breathing, just heavier and shit. And I was like, both hurting. And oh, kind of we we walked like twenty five yards. And he stops again. He's got his head down in his hand like this. I'm like, you okay, Bo? He's like, no, I'm not. Not okay. I got a headache. I'm not okay. And it was 70 degrees out. So I was sweat. I was really dehydrated. So I was sweating more than I was drinking in at that point. It just oh, made man. it worse. No, oh. funny. But anyways, I, I, I do love those nights. And although I don't like the next days, it's it's uh, it's it's great to see everyone come together. And everyone knows how hard you worked for it. And it's just, I thought that was a cool aspect i'm glad that you got to experience yeah. it and yep kind of reminds me of back home we kind of do similar stuff in minnesota everyone has like a you know a camp that they go to or a farm or something and the whole family gets together there it's very similar to what you guys had going on yeah, yeah. it's relatable so, yeah yep. yeah i cool. think i think there's a lot of other places that are like this i don't think like actually i don't think a ton but i 
I feel like like Michigan, Wisconsin, some of those places, New York have some of the. Those are just from what I've heard. I haven't experienced those, but yeah, just a good camp feel. You yeah, know? I, I I don't know what it is like for. I think for most places in Pennsylvania, it's around rifle season. Um, but for like our family, there's not on either side. My mom or dad's like, and that when the whole family isn't off work sometime in the first two weeks of November and we're always going to camp or up to your dad's place or wherever. And just like best time of the year. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's, it's great sitting there telling stories and it gets you amped up, you know, or it could ruin you when you're getting texts that everybody else in the world is shooting bucks and you're not seeing nothing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that is an interesting point though, that um, your guys's camp is around bow hunting the rut. I would say probably, 95% of everywhere else it's the gun season or the rifle season. Yeah. So yeah, pretty w- cool. I I'd, I'd say you and I are pretty lucky like the people that we get to learn from and be around like as far as everyone's in our family's passionate bow hunters and and that definitely helps out uh, us out a little bit. Yeah, I'd say so. Besides the fact that if our family was a little more open about telling about things, I think we could probably learn more. <laughs> oh, yeah, I I know our uncles and dads hold back from they hold back on what they tell us for sure. A hundred percent. I know they do. My uh, my own dad. Like, <laughs> I know yours does. <laughs> we actually talked about that a little bit today too. It was like, cause it's all public land you guys are hunting. So I was, I was telling Bo when we were out scouting, I was like, it's just funny how like you guys will go in and help each other drag a deer out and stuff. And like, yeah, but like other than that, it seems pretty like you all kind of have this, your little secret spots. And like when we were, we were joking about the gas line or the pipeline or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, Never came to like, oh yeah, I was over here. She's like, oh yeah, I was up on a hill, you know. Yeah, like uh, I'm like, I'm not gonna tell nobody. Yeah. Like, I'm not move in. <laughs> Actually, if you tell me, then that would then I won't end up moving in on you by accident. <laughs> Amazing, you ran into that this year. Oh yeah, I started. Apparently, I stepped on some people's toes this year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you killed the buck though. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I was cracking up. Uncle Mike's like, can you believe Mason moved it on me? <laughs> what, what were you doing that you like just happened to go upon his spot? He was hunting or what? Yeah, so I I, I found this <laughs> I found this scrape back in March or April, and I was like, wow, this I didn't I wouldn't really expect a, a scrape to be here, but like this this is the spot. This is tore up. So uh, come August or September, I, I put a camera on it, yeah. and uh, pretty soon my dad sends me a, a picture of my camera that I put on this tree like a week later, and he goes. Uncle Mike wants to know if this is my camera. Is it yours? <laughs> yeah. I go, yeah. 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 My Uncle Mike was like, I built that screen. <laughs> Mason shows up and puts a camera on it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I was getting ready to put a stand in there. I think he was hauling a stand in there and he found your camera on it or yeah. something like that. I was cracking up so hard laughing at it. I was like, well, I guess we're thinking similar. Yeah. He came into my office that next week at work and we work at the same the same place and uh we had a slightly awkward conversation about it and (laughs) that was about it (laughs) the camera stands yeah and he ended up killing a nice 10 point yesterday too so yeah it's the second time we've doubled up on the same day really wow that's cool That'll yeah. happen though when you hunt his spots, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And your dad tagged out in October, but it's been it's been slow to this point for our family. Like until yesterday, yeah. I mean, your dad was the only one that tagged out, and I think this week is going to be just it's going to be money. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, especially towards the end of the week as it starts to cool down a little bit. Yeah, it's hot now, unfortunately. 
Yeah. Yeah, you killed him first light there, and it was still pretty cold in the morning. And Justin and I were saying that because we dressed really light because I thought it was going to get hot, and it was pretty cold for a while in yeah. the morning. Yeah. You know? We were also in the shadows, too, behind those those thick trees. But, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was chilly. Yeah. Even though it's been hot during the days, the mornings, have, they felt good. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I like agree. stuff should be happening. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I'd, the afternoons are hard to get the motivation going when you're like in a t shirt, essentially. And not sure that we can't, no one can figure out the technical term, but none of us have also Googled it um, is the beach ticks or deer fleas or chiggers or whatever you call them, the little flying tick type things that bite you like fleas. Deer keds. Deer keds. K E D S. Is that the actual term for them? I believe so. Don't really? quote, don't quote me, but I believe so. They suck. How about all the ones I was pulling out of me today out of the back of my hair? Did you have them on you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've never seen those until now. I guess you just don't bitch. I do. Yeah. No. I mean, it's a little bug. I just kind of flicked it off and you make a big deal about it. But oh, <laughs> yeah, you you know, you wait, you'll wake up and you'll have bites if you didn't have your shirt tucked in or something. I'd have them like all oh, around. Really? I thought, yeah, I thought I had like around like the house. waistband. Yeah. That sounds like chiggers, but it's not. It's something, right? Something completely different. That's what chiggers do too. They go around here. They may be all the same thing. Yeah, I've never it experienced those. Yeah. <laughs> I've never experienced these, but yeah. Yeah, these things are nasty. But you can't like get them off you. Like I tried like flicking them just like a bug and they just stay on there. They latch on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, that's, so that's the warm weather brings them out. They're, they seem to be around beech trees mostly. And that's, you know, when you're in thick beach stuff i remember looking at when we were climbing that hill as i was my heart rate was like through the roof <laughs> i was like yeah here we go big patch of thick beach brush i'm like i'm about to get these deer fleas or get swarmed yeah yeah yep. they weren't terrible they were some but they weren't yeah they weren't they weren't as bad as i expected today but yeah they're they definitely they still weren't how about yeah how warm it's been like have you been seeing moths in the stand yeah actually i had one land on me kind of freaked me out a little bit yesterday morning yeah when we were setting up, I had my red headlamp on, and one got underneath my glasses. A moth did, and that freaked the hell out of me. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I was can't the, see. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, so the weather's weird, but um, yeah, we'll make we'll make do of it. And you know, where we've been hunting, we're dealing with a little bit of hunting pressure and some stuff that's some typical. Drivers. Yeah, that, yeah, some things that yeah don't you don't like to deal with, but. You know, that's what happens when other people can hunt the same areas as you. So it's just is what it is. And and I think I think where we're at now, we're not going to see anybody. We're in such thick. No one wants to be that stupid to go in there. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. I, I'm I'm pretty confident though. Like I have a really good feeling that we'll have an opportunity here shortly. Yeah. It's funny, like how much con- did you have confidence going in your stand yesterday? I, yeah, I do pretty much every morning, but I can I can lose it just as fast. <laughs> you know, here by like eight o'clock. It's like, yeah, so I, well I, I didn't have time to lose confidence that day. Yesterday, yeah. it was funny. Mason's roller coaster of emotions. But him and I both go through it. We laugh about it because he'll text me be like, "In my stand, all confidence gone." <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just don't feel right. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, that, that's the terrible thing about our, our group text too. With, with Myself, you, and our, our dads and uncles, and it's like uh, two two or three people are having a phenomenal morning, and you're not seeing a deer. All of a sudden, you think your stand sucks. You got to move. It's like, well, this is my best stand, I thought, going into the season, and I didn't see anything. My season's over. It's ruined. It's shot. <laughs> but that, that's not the case. It just wasn't happening there that day. Maybe not even that half hour, a half hour later, 
things could be completely different. Yep. Yeah. Things can change so fast. It's like even mi- seconds or minutes. Yeah. And I, and I, I said, it's, you know, I, and I know this every year, but I still struggle with that. Like, you know, like get stressed out of like, you know, am I going to have this opportunity? But it seems like no matter, it seems like every year, no matter what I'm hunting or doing something, I end up having an opportunity. It's whether I capitalize or not, yeah. but like things can change in an instant. Like our caribou hunt, that was, mm-hmm. you know, we were, they were all way up high and we were struggling For getting days. at them. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden one morning, boom, there they were. Yep. And by the way, Mason, you're peaked, but, uh, bush lights lined up with the center of the mountains. I'll take care of that later. Yeah. I won't make you chug it right now, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I've been waiting for you to open that actually. <laughs> like 20 minutes. Across the you scouted here. it. <laughs> That's weird. You're not drinking hams. Well, I, I decided, uh, since I got a buck yesterday, I could splurge and get some bush late to share with everyone else instead of <laughs> hearing everyone bitch about drinking hams. Yeah, yeah, I know. He, he Mason's actually banned from bringing hams to my grandpa's camp because my my, <laughs> gra- my grandpa said he hasn't ever thrown up in seventy five years, and Mason left one in the fridge one day, and he drank it, and he threw up in his mouth. <laughs> so <about> right. <laughs> so I don't know. Mason's big on hams. It's a light beer with a premium taste. <laughs> <laughs> He's got shirts and everything. It's hilarious. <laughs> big ambassador for hams. Yep. Does Hams have an Instagram? They, sure. they used to. I, I don't think they're active anymore. Really? Maybe there's a new account. I'll have to check. They probably just have so many people buying it, they don't need to promote it anymore. That's right. Yeah. Mason was tagging them too much, so they just shut their account down. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So other than that, though, you've had a pretty solid year. Um, you started off, I mean, it seems like a whole year ago now, but back in August, you, were, you went out on mule deer hunting, which was like, I feel like that's been your number one thing, like monkey on your back type of deal. Oh yeah, was been hunting mule deer. Yep. So I, I've been going out west for a, for a few years now, and unsuccessful every year. And uh, yeah, this year I got the monkey off my back finally, and especially mule deer. That's I've been obsessed with high country mule deer. I, I remember hearing on a I don't know if it was a YouTube video or I read it in a magazine, but someone compared high country mule deer as the the poor man's sheep hunt. I always thought sheep hunting was like the coolest thing. So then I, I started doing a bunch of research on high country mule deer. Uh, Michael Palladino and myself went on a hunt. I think it was 2016 or two. No, it would have been 2017. And uh, he he actually tagged out on a cow elk and a, and a mule deer buck. And I was unsuccessful on that trip, but I, I still had a great trip. I learned a lot. And actually, I, I haven't been on a mule deer hunt since then until this year. And I, I wanted to get to Colorado. I had a good amount of points. I, I knew the unit I wanted to go to, but I had conflicts with my work schedule, so I, I couldn't draw my Colorado tag. And basically, I started looking at other states to figure out what dates were going to fit my work schedule. And I ended up in Utah on a, a general hunt. Yeah. And, and so th- we, we talked to, last time I had you and Michael on the podcast was right after you guys got back from New Mexico. Cause so you went on a mule deer hunt in 2018, but oh, it yeah. wasn't really a hunt because Michael got elevation sickness. And, yeah. Well, you both did, but you were both in the hospital in like two days. So that yeah. didn't really count. Actually it was, it was opening day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you, that yeah. didn't really count as a hunt. And then in 2019, you guys didn't draw your Colorado tags. Right. And so you went to Idaho elk hunting and that was the whole thing there with our elk hunt and yeah then you you've been because 
actually you were going to go to Alaska with us and the work schedule didn't allow for that to happen. Right. But at the same time, I could tell that as much as you wanted to go to Alaska, you still really, really wanted to hunt high country mule deer. Yeah. That, I wasn't super bothered by it. I, I wanted to go to Alaska, but still I've, I felt like the, I had all this weight on my shoulders just to, to get a mule deer. That's kind of what I wanted more than anything, a high country velvet mule deer. And, uh, so this year, my brother just graduated from college and, uh, he was going to be available. He, he just started a new job actually. So he got, he got into a hairy situation with his vacation, taking two weeks vacation after only starting there a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we, we took off to Utah and we got there, I think two or three days before the season started and scouted. And we actually had a, this unit's known for an absurd amount of people, both hikers and hunters. It's not, not too far from a couple of big cities. And the, the day before the season, we, we were seeing some good bucks and uh, we were actually kind of surprised by how many bucks we were seeing. And we betted some bucks the day before the opener up in these cliffs and a helicopter actually came down and landed two times within a couple hundred yards of the bucks, right, right below them. And we thought for sure the, the bucks got up and ran over the mountain down the other side. I was like, okay, we, that helicopter just blew every buck out of this, this drainage. We, we got to come up with the plan B and, uh, the helicopter left the second time. And I spent the next hour or so glassing just to make sure that the bucks were still there or just hoping that they I would get a glimpse of one of them. And sure enough, those bucks stayed bedded while that helicopter landed right below them and took off. So I don't know if they were used to that or if they're just so scared, they didn't know what else to do. So they laid down, but, uh, that gave me the confidence to know that, okay, we can stick with our game plan going into the next morning. And the next morning, I actually, even that night, the amount of hunters that came into that area, I, I absolutely cannot believe it. And opening morning before it got light, the mountain was lit up like a Christmas tree with all the headlamps. It was, it was absolutely absurd. <laughs> yeah, what did that do to your confidence? I, it wasn't great. I'll tell you that. Cause I mean, never hunting there before I th you think you have a game plan and then you see all those headlamps. It's like, what, like what should your strategy be getting up? I, I was kind of, I, I know I was talking to Clint Casper before I went out there. He's, he's hunted close by before and he kind of prepped me. He's like, dude, there's a lot of people in that unit. I, like he's kind of suggesting just getting a pitch pinch point and be ready for someone to scare something to you. So that's, that was kind of my mentality going in, into that morning. There's some good bucks. I, I cruised up in there and got close by and I was going to have my brother sig signal me towards where one of the bucks we were looking for was and opening morning came and it got light and he said right off the bat he, he saw a body sprinting across the mountain and we figured it was the buck I was in there for so I waited a while and I then I gave up on it I started going towards my number two buck I, I don't know is this where you wanted to go yeah yeah yeah, podcast? yeah so I, I started heading heading towards my number two buck my plan b for the morning and i is all the way at the very top of the mountain so i i'm hustling up there i'm still not fully adjusted to the altitude there so i'm hustling up there just wheezing and wheezing and breathing and uh <laughs> I, I spot him i spot him right as he goes up into the highest group of pine trees in the whole basin right right below the mountain peak and i was like okay this is perfect if, if i can get to the backside of that mountain peak that's a, a dead deer all day it should be like a, a 30 40 yard shot off the top of the mountain so i'm still i'm trying to 
get there as fast as I can before any, anyone else sees him or he gets there. And I'm like, someone else had to have seen this one. So I, I'm climbing up the mountain. And right before I go out of sight to go on the backside of the mountain, I decided to look for hunters before, because I wasn't going to see him for another 45 minutes. And uh, I pulled my binoculars up just in time to watch another hunter pull back and shoot the buck. And it went rolling right down the mountain in front of me. It was, it was like, at that point, I was like, how the heck can anyone even be successful in here? Yeah. It's like, holy cow. So I, that happened. I was kind of bummed out. There's a couple other hunters beside me. I started talking to them, kind of just bullshitting, wasting time and, uh, watch, watch some other bucks for a while. And they went up into some cliffs, some hikers scared them down into some thick timber. And I was like, this is a freaking circus. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going back to camp to talk to my brother, get, get some food and we'll try and glass up a better buck. And, uh, sure enough, I, I went back to camp. I started talking to him. He wasn't seeing anything else. Uh, ate some lunch and I started glassing and I glassed the other side of the drainage and there's a buck. I watched change beds. He, he got up and walked like 10 feet to a different tree and laid back down. And I looked at my brother. I was like, I just saw a nice buck. And for what he just did, I'm, I'm pretty sure no one else in this basin saw this buck. And I was like, as tired as I am and I don't want to go after him, I'm going after him. So I finished, finished my lunch up and I, I ran across the drainage up. I passed like another three or four hunters on my stock. I climbed all the way to the top, the other side of the mountain and, uh, started heading down the drainage and dropping straight down on the buck. And eventually I saw him snuck in and I ended up shooting him. And that, that, that experience of, of sneaking up on that buck and, and, and getting them, it is, it was by far the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I would trade every whitetail I ever shot to do that again. Yeah. That's cool. That is, that is awesome. And then the, the buck, what he rolled like way off these cliffs. Yeah. It was like, like 450 feet. I believe he rolled down the mountain and that I'll never forget those sounds. I was like, this buck's going to look like he got hit by a, a semi truck. Yeah. But, uh, he, he actually looked pretty good when I got to him. Yeah. Your velvet wasn't even really screwed up besides in a couple spots. Yeah. Like not that. too bad. Yeah, which is incredible that he fell that far, and I couldn't imagine the sounds that you hear the body slamming. Yeah, and uh, that hunt was a, a just another reminder. Whenever you think you're in shape for a hunt, work harder because you're not. <laughs> you're probably never going to be in shape as much as you you think you need to be. But I I just remember by the time I got to that buck, I was so tired I didn't know if I was going to be able to pull my bow back. And uh, to make it happen when you're that tired just makes makes it that much that much sweeter yeah and and what i think would help too with that in that moment was you've been practicing so much with your bow and you know shooting like crazy i mean you were sending me groups you're shooting 70 and 80 yards like just all the time you know and doing that and we didn't actually get to shoot 3d this year like we did the year before because the covid had everything kind of wasn't really the, the right thing to do i guess and uh but you were just shooting every day in your yard and i'm and you hunted with a back tension release too. Right. Yeah. Which that was, that's a funny story too. listening to you talk about trying to get your shot to go off when you were shooting that. Yeah. Anyone else has hunted with a back tension. I'm sure you can relate, but it's kind of coming from a guy that's been shooting a command trigger release his whole life. And, uh, that's exactly the reason why I got away from it is because you, you can't rush your shot with a back tension. So, uh, I, I tried doing that this year. I, I was shooting real good, practicing all summer, and I I pulled back on that 
mule deer and I, I tried to make my shot go off and I kept pulling, pulling, pulling. It wasn't going off. And I started getting anxiety. Like, come on. I, I just <laughs> wanted this bow to go off right now. And it wasn't going, but, uh, followed through with my shot and eventually it broke. And as soon as it broke, I, I knew I crushed him. Yeah. And that was, that was just such an awesome feeling right, right then. I was like huge, like all those years of, of hard work, trying to imagine that that was going to happen is like right then. And in that moment, I knew it was worth it. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I remember when you sent me the, the text or call, I can't remember what it was at that time, but it was just like, Oh, you could, I was, I was at work in the office, just like fired up, like throwing oh, yeah. my arms around. Just like, it was, it was incredible. I lost it. I was, like I said, that was the hardest thing I've ever worked for. Yeah. And then you had to pack it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't necessarily a, the, the worst pack out, but I just didn't, I didn't condition myself enough prior to the hunt. Yeah, and just that day in general, no matter yeah. how good a shape you're in, that's that's a struggle. Come going all the way across the mountain up twice. Yep. <laughs> essentially. And and then just the the mental strain of everything too wears on you, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and uh my brother luckily he was there to help me pack out. And I remember at one point we were almost back to the, the truck at the trailhead and there's a there's a grandma and her granddaughter that passed us on the trail my brother was like you gotta be kidding me we're getting passed by a grandma on the trail (laughs) (laughs) i'm doing my best (laughs) oh my god that's hilarious but yeah i just that was yeah first day of that what you were first day of the utah general bow season yeah i know you're gonna be there for 14 days or something like you normally do that's that's awesome i know that feeling that's the same way the elk hunt went first day that's like a whole oh, let's yeah. enjoy this now <laughs> yeah is and uh I, I was i was more than grateful for that and I, I wouldn't trade it for anything but the next morning we saw i can't remember what the guy said it scored but it was like a 220 inch buck and we we saw it that next morning i was like i kind of wish i had a tag <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh the, the same day that we saw that that 200 plus inch buck that a different guy sh- shot it in that drainage so he was dead anyways but it was really fun too and exciting being the the spotter for my brother watching him through the spot and scope and this unit we were hunting is so unbelievably steep i multiple times i watched him walk right under bucks at less than 15 yards and he couldn't see him because they're so high above him on a little shelf yeah and it's like watching that through a spot and scope where you have the my brother and a buck in the same in the same view it's like that was That's cool that was such an adrenaline rush in itself yeah and i got to see that multiple times man i i can't wait that i want to focus on high country mule deer soon like i feel like i'd love that just the way you guys have described it and i've never focused on them so it's like yeah and but it's because i always want to get the elk done first and this year with alaska but now it's just like i really want to hunt mule deer what's your thoughts on it justin you just you were on that Nevada hunt this year. Yeah, we weren't actually that far away from each other. Right. Um, same yeah, time, same too. time, too. Yeah, that, high country mule deer is a fun hunt. You know, it's just kind of that first opening hunting season of the year, so it's your first go around, you know, and you're up as high as you can get, literally sheep country, you know, all those deer are up living in there. And, yeah, our, our hunt in Nevada was, um, it was slower, but we did see some really good bucks. You know, we made play on a couple good bucks. We did a crazy amount of hiking but that's all part of it but right yeah no it's 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 a good time i'd put a, a high country mule deer hunt uh, you know against anything else yeah i think you know you and i've talked about this before mason but coming from pennsylvania where like we can't see 40 yards in our tree stands 
and you just don't know like where the puck can be at the fact that you can watch them through and know where they are like that's for miles yeah literally that's you know. pretty sweet too and i, I kind of like that hunting elk in more open country too to be able to spot them and that spot and spot that spot and stock aspect is pretty cool yeah it, it's really interesting too just to see how deer act when when they're not being pressured so here if you see a deer it's like you need to act on it right now usually where out there it's like you can actually kind of see what what deer do all the time yeah yeah in our it's, spot where we learn a lot we actually waited um almost three full days to make a stock on a buck because just because it wasn't in the right spot and the guys i was with were pretty knowledgeable of the area and they were like it's just sit back and keep watching him he'll screw up eventually and sure enough he did and we went in we got 25 yards from him never got a shot but got full draw but just a, it's a different style of hunting like yeah. you said you know yeah that's that's pretty cool and and uh yeah, and just the fact, you know, executing the shot and having all that happen the way that it is, like that's that's one of the most difficult things. It's really difficult to have opportunities, whether it's whitetail or mule deer or whatever. It's a whole other thing being able to capitalize on it. And then I feel like I still struggle quite a bit with that aspect. And that's what I mean, that's what separates the good hunters from the great ones, the ones that are able to capitalize on those moments, and I'm still working on it. <laughs> yeah, and I... Uh going back to that stock just the whole western aspect to it as well where you're up you're up in the mountains you're you're trying to survive first hunt second yeah a lot, lots of times we had excellent weather on this hunt as far as surviving so that wasn't as big of a deal but on that stock i remember there was like a 50 yard stretch where i needed to be certain that my foot was planted before i took my next step or else it would have been you're going off this cliff and you're gonna die yeah so i mean that you factor all that in it just makes for an amazing story and a, an amazing hunt that you're not going to forget. Yeah. And then you, and you guys had, and you can kind of guess this the way we talked about, but you guys backpacked into this area yeah, and yeah. set up camp and then you were glassing from your camp and stuff. So you didn't have to hike however many miles every morning. And you know, that's for, for, I feel like for mule deer, that's definitely even more important than elk, I guess. And I, I, I'm not obviously a expert elk hunter or anything but i just feel like for mule deer you really put yourself in a good place to be able to wake up and glass yeah we had an we had an awesome campsite too where we were on the side of a cliff and uh basically we came out of our tent walked five yards and we were at our glassing spot yep. yeah and we had pine trees that kind of hit our tent it was it was picture perfect huh yeah that's 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 a pretty cool cool aspect to it and just yeah, the whole the whole western thing, like you said, like you're. What about water? What was water like there? Uh, there was a dry stream bed at the bottom of our drainage, and we didn't find water the whole way hiking up along this drainage. And uh, we were talking to guys that have been hunting there for thirty years, and they they've never found water in this drainage. And somehow, my brother and I managed to find water. There's one there's one hole that was about ten or fifteen feet long where there's there's a little seep of water that came out of the ground and then it went back underground. Really? And, uh, it was, it was such a small seep. We could, we could pump the water out of this little hole faster than it would seep in. And, uh, that's what we survived off of on that trip. Wow. What would you have done if you didn't find water? We would have had to, we would have had to pack out and pack additional water in probably every two or three days. Yeah, that would have sucked. And uh, Tyler, my brother, he actually told one guy that's been hunting in there for a lot of years that that there was water down there. And the guy was so happy that Tyler, that my brother told him where he could find water. He got out his onyx and started sending. Actually, he grabbed my brother's phone 
and he started marking pins on his phone all over, like where he's killed bucks, where he should look for. Like, really, this is a bed where like fifty percent of the time you can go here, there's gonna be a buck in this bed. And really, it's like, he gave him that kind of information, and uh, he, he was right too. He one actually one of the beds that he uh, he pinned on my brother's phone. He went there, and there was a there's a buck in it, but it wasn't one he was willing to shoot in that spot. It was kind of one of those spots where it's like, if you're going to shoot something here, you better make sure it's going to be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> and it, at, at that point, it wasn't that late in our hunt. Yep. But uh, it, it's super cool that that guy was so grateful that we told him where he could find water that he was willing to just teach us 30 years of of experience and information on that spot. Yeah. It kind of says a lot. Yeah. Which is very surprising too, because that area, every hunter we ran into was extremely nice and uh almost helpful actually and i can't say that i can't say it's the same thing here no it's definitely not no, <laughs> no. well you just sent me that picture of that guy flipping off your trail camera the other day yeah like yeah. putting his face right up in your camera like know who i am like okay yeah yeah <laughs> trying to intimidate and you, you hear stories like that every year people are stealing tree stands my brother had a couple one or two tree stands stolen this year uh, a guy took a camera, took my brother's camera off a tree here in Pennsylvania, set it on the ground and put a tree, a tree stand up on the tree that his camera was on. That's like, this is public land, man. Yeah. Chill out. Unreal. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is crazy. I guess he didn't take the camera, but still yeah. it's like still annoying. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I've noticed that out West there's, you know, people are pretty friendly when it comes to hunting right spots, I guess, but. I don't know. Yeah, we can't even get it out of our own family here. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's funny. What What are you thinking for next year, Mason? What do you What do you What are your goals? I'm not sure yet. I, I figure we'll get through this hunting season here in Pennsylvania, and we'll have to sit down with with uh, the other guys and discuss what's gonna What's gonna happen? I think we're getting to a point now where all of us have a decent amount of points in some states, and yeah might be time to cash in it might be time to try something new yeah i think so too it's uh pretty nice of my brother kurt moving to montana here last week so yeah that's clutch added to uh, one of the the home locations that we can we can go to and have him there send him out scouting <laughs> it's plan. Call him to pack out yeah when he's like <laughs> you know running through the situation in my head he's talking to me about like his decision to move there it's like, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, he could scout for me. Like, <laughs> no, but it's, uh, yeah, I think next year is going to be fun. I think me, you, and Michael all have points in some places that we should be able to potentially draw some good tags. Right. At least on paper, it looks like we could. Yeah. Who, who knows with COVID, though, there might be a bunch more people trying to get their own food. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see, though. But anyways, uh, I think that's I think that's about it for this one. Justin and I got some bucks to kill. Well, one buck. One buck to kill. I only got one tag. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I think this week will be pretty awesome. So I said this last week, and uh, I'm going to say it again. Hopefully next time by listening to this podcast, it's got a buck down. Maybe by the time this one releases. Hopefully. Yeah, I'll be on standby. Drag crew. Mason's go. off all week because he's got a vacation from work. And uh, you think you're gonna go try to hunt out of state in this week? Yeah, I might. I'll tr- I might try and get my deer meat cut up early in the week and head up there. Hopefully, you have you tag out in Pennsylvania by then. We can head up together. Head up to New York and see what happens. Yeah, try something new. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, thanks again, Mason, for sharing the story, Justin. 
thanks again. We'll we'll get to spend some more time together. Can't wait. Yeah, the next eight days, <laughs> seven eight days. Yeah, sitting in the tree. <laughs> yeah, sitting in the It'll tree. It'll be fun. So. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's sign off here. All right, thanks. Yep. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.